I, I, I bring all the topics all the time. I've been thinking about First Snow a lot just because uh, I'm so close with John Bruno. Yeah. So we be talking about it all the time. Like, hey, is this going to destroy the game? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. His name is Craven. He likes white ravens. And he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave. He cancels saves. He likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom. He plays for fun. And if you beat him, then he'll punch you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter. It's banter behind the throne. Hello and welcome back to Banter Behind the Throne. This is episode 35. My name is Dave Bamford, I'm your King of the Castle, and I'm joined today by Tom Peel, my Tanner. Say hello, Tom. Hello. And I'm joined by our special guest, Ryan Jones, our dirty rascal. Say hello, Ryan. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Um, This week, we're going to talk about what we've been up to this week, as always. We're going to talk about the results from Batalapura Mora, which are just coming in now, as we're recording a bit early this week. And uh, we're going to talk about a card coming up in the next chapter pack, which you've probably heard a little bit about, which is First Snow of Winter. Uh, but before we get started, Ryan, do you want to give us a little information about yourself? Because obviously you've not been on the show, so tell us about yourself. Sure, sure. Um, I play out of San Diego in California in the United States. Um, it's a really great group of guys. We have maybe, between Los Angeles and San Diego, we have 60 or 70 really active players, so it, it's a thriving meta. Played a lot of first edition um, didn't play in the CCG, but started right around the time of the LCG kicking off. And uh, I've won a melee world championship, an overall world championship, and a draft world championship. And I still have zero ideas for cards. So there we are, squandering my three card designs on on air right now. <laughs> okay, well maybe we can think of some by the end of the show. I would honestly appreciate that. <laughs> Hopefully something comes up. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, of course, and you you were uh, overall champ this year as well. So really, you should have four cards. Uh, un- unofficial overall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to first in the draft, uh, a third in the joust, and third in the melee. Yeah, which was a pretty solid innings, I think. Mm. Yeah, and it, it was fun uh, going back and forth with Seth, who ended up taking second, second, and second uh, <laughs> for an, an, another great weekend there. Yeah, cool. That's just about the best you can do. Without winning anything, like, it's, it's really good. <laughs> hey, but that's the agenda, so it's fine, you know. That's uh, right. He is the <laughs> living embodiment. What have you been up to this week, Peel? Have you played much Thrones this week? No, Dave. <laughs> kind of. Uh, well, it's a Sunday for one. Surprising, this surprising. Yeah. This isn't. This is much earlier than normal. Uh, but no, I haven't. It's. I've been a bit busy the last two days, to be honest. Well, actually, no, I haven't. That's a lie. Uh, I just haven't been over the bridge so I can play Thrones yet. <laughs> it's true. I don't know why I asked you, because I know full well that your cards are at my house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was kind of like a case of, well, mm, I do have Octagon installed, but my laptop's been... I don't even know what's wrong with it anymore. I've given up caring. It's just... You know how I always have problems with Octagon? I do everything that I'm meant to do. Yeah. Then the card images don't load up. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't figure it out. Is that that you so have no images at all, or like you get the error message that says this doesn't error work? Error message. Uh, yeah, I had that. I couldn't fix it either. So I just haven't played yeah. Octagon. Just couldn't, 
Yeah, yeah. just can't since, get working. Since second edition came Ar- out, Artagon is a uh, that's probably a mistress. Yes, that's one word for her. Um, <laughs> okay, what what have you been up to with it? What, what have you been up to non Thrones Peel? Have you been up to inter- anything interesting, or or is it just been a, a week of nothingness? Because of course we we didn't see you last week a... either. It was a week of working. Um, Friday night I went to the pub with my work colleagues. Saturday night I popped over and said hello to Mike or goodbye to Mike. Unfortunately, Mike of the Cox, who very kindly, kindly let us host the Paramore Invitational, had his last night there yesterday, uh, and that's about it. Uh, well, it turns out he's not actually moving out for another week now, so he might be open some oh, right, this okay, week, uh, <laughs> but he won't be here next Saturday. No, he will no. be gone by then. Is he doing the quiz again Thursday? No, he's not. Really? No he's more quiz. Him. Just uh, oh. opening a couple of hours a night to try and flog the rest of the booze. Yeah, so, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay, then, Ryan, uh, what have you been up to this week? Have you been playing much Thrones? Uh, a little bit of Thrones, yeah. Uh, last weekend, I can throw in there, we, we had a store championship up in Los Angeles that uh, Lucas Sidlaski won with his... Lions Crossing deck that everyone's been talking about online. Um, didn't do well in that. I brought a, a Lanny Rose that was trying to juke Gregor and Tickler with Bear and the Maiden Fair, and it it just is very random. Even Bear and the Maiden Fair, uh, Bear and the Fair can't really keep up with how random it is. So okay. I did poorly two two and three. Uh, uh, last last night had my Octagon League game against uh, another California guy, Alejandro. And uh, went from a mulligan into a two-card flop, and then saw my only way out as a, a first-turn Pentoshi, which quickly got naval superiority. Ooh. So that was that game. Not not a lot going on in that game. <laughs> uh, we ended up playing th- three or four more games afterwards, which were really fun. Like I, I had a great night of playing Thrones. It just so happened that the only one that counted wasn't even a game. Okay, so pretty poor competitively this week from you. Yeah, r- rough uh, week. <laughs> yeah, don't really know why we've got you on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, have a good time, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I haven't really played much Thrones either. I had a game or two with James last week, and uh, I played the what did I play? Greyjoy Lion deck that um, the Wedge and I were playing last weekend. Uh, which now he's played at Batal, I can talk a bit more about, but it was just, you know, three copies of Gregor, three copies of Euron, um, lots of economy to get them into play, and then every other unique, basically, one-times, like a first edition deck, where, yeah, I've got all these different guys, and it's kind of a crapshoot to who I get, but they're all good, so it doesn't matter. Um, and it just... How it many just, Tyrions? Oh, two Tyrions. Okay. So he, he I was, was about he, to uh, say, you're not running one Tyrion. No, uh, outside of Gregor and Euron... He's the only unique character with the duplicate, I believe. Um, Very so interesting. One Balon, one Asher, one Jamie, one Hound. Um, but yeah, it just didn't matter what you got. There were just so many solid uniques. It just kind of happened for you and you just won games. I don't really understand it. It, it just works. Um, but I played against James <laughs> and I managed to get Gregor and Euron turn one, uh, which is pretty beautiful with the King's Road and uh, trading with the Pentoshi. It was just, it was just something special. Um, and and I, did I you win that game. one? I, I did win that yeah, game. I think yeah, so. <laughs> it's it's really difficult to deal with that apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So that that was a really fun deck. Um. But other than that, I haven't had a chance to play Thrones either. But I have been watching House of Cards. Um. 
that launched <laughs> last week. I watched 10 episodes yesterday. No, 11 episodes yesterday, because I watched one when I got in from the pub. Uh, and then I watched two this morning. And now I'm done. But it was worth it. You finished the season? I finished the whole season. Season 4 is done. Season 4, yeah. Yeah. Uh, was that I, a I weekend? I had a chance to start it, but it's great. Yeah, it is. It is brilliant. Um, so, yeah. That's my week. Uh, but then, of course, there's been other things going on this weekend. And as we said, it was Batala Puramuro in Spain. We spoke about it briefly last week. Um, but just as a quick rundown of the results, there were 152 players, I believe, which was even more than I expected. Um, they did seven rounds, cut to top 32. And I think there were five Brits, if you use the word Brits very broadly, Cat uh, Marshall, Caitlin Woods, who was on a couple of weeks ago, um, made top 32. And Bambi, who is now is British, but now he lives in the Netherlands. He made top 16. Um, and Costas, who lives in Scotland, but is Greek, um, he made top four, I believe. And uh, then another guy called Ben, I believe, who I don't know and is Irish, so I probably shouldn't call him British. But Bambi counted him in the count, so... You know, that's that's on him. Um, so, great showing for all of them. And the eventual winner was, I've forgotten his name, Albert Lorenzo, I believe. Who, that's correct. Yes, Albert Lorenzo playing Targ Fealty, who beat Thomas Giggs. Thomas uh, Gzik? I don't know how you say his surname. Thomas from Poland uh, playing Greyjoy Fealty, who was the guy who topped the Swiss. Um, one of the best things about Batala is that some of the variance is mitigated. Uh, you can lose a couple of games and still be alright because the um, the top 32 re- cut with um, seven rounds allows you to go you know lose two games and still make the cut fairly easily. And uh, the last two the like the quarterfinals no, sorry the semifinals and the final are best of three. So it oh, wow. yeah it just helps out with some of that variance. They they do the cut the second day and then uh, if you if you just have a crap draw then. Like you would have done. Um, it's fine. So congratulations to them. Uh, I haven't got any results from the Melee or the uh, Legacy tournament. There's a picture of the Melee and I believe it looks like um, Menno Scharkel from the Netherlands and Theus as well from the Netherlands made the final. I don't know who the other two guys are though and they're not tagged though. So that's uh, that's about as much information as I can give you. Um so congratulations to Alvaro etc for hosting what seems to be an awesome tournament. Certainly the stories I've had from uh the Brits seems like they've had a good time on the whole. So uh good stuff. And obviously everybody try and get out there next year. I know I've been wanting to go for about 3 years and just haven't got round to it yet. Just such an awkward time because it always almost clashes with your birthday peel. Um, so what, that I'm just, the Spanish tournament yeah so I'm always just like well shall we go oh, we'll wait and see what we want to do for Peel's birthday and then it sells out so it's like oh, well I'm not it, going then it was the weekend <laughs> before this year wasn't it? it it was this year yeah Um. Yeah, so it's it's normally normally it is the weekend of your oh, birthday oh is it normally falling right okay yeah. I think it's just when your actual birthday falls it's normally slightly close I don't know it's normally midweek it, I don't know why it, it has been I don't remember what what grand plans are there normally for Peel's birthday? Is it just in the pub, or do you actually have something large planned? Which goes to the pub, I think. Um, yeah, I thought so. <laughs> not the most complicated plans, if, if I'm honest. I mean, once on my 21st 
we were in Canterbury and we ended up with loads of signs. And um, on my 23rd, I was in Manchester with James and Dave and something bad happened. But we say nothing <laughs> more of that. So, <laughs> yeah, there, there was a bad incident, yeah. A bad thing happened, and that's where it shall stay. <laughs> I, I had forgotten about the bad thing. <laughs> you hadn't forgotten about the bad thing, Dave. You just hadn't thought to bring it up yet. True, true. We'll never talk about it again. <laughs> um, it will get told on my birthday. It's irrelevant. It always does. True, true. Mm. <laughs> but we oh, can't say it. half the words on air. No, we can't tell that story. That's an inappropriate story for the podcast. Uh, it's a very appropriate story if I ever meet you in person again, Ryan. Uh, remind me to tell oh. you the story of Peel's birthday. And, uh, <laughs> That's the bad thing that happened. The bad thing, and you will, you will love it. Yeah, and it normally falls to me to tell as well. <laughs> I've got the, uh, the knack of telling it right. Nothing illegal or bad whatsoever. That's what oh. I would like to emphasize there. No legal action. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Quite bad. There's nothing bad that's not illegal. Yeah, I think that that works, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, that's Patala, and that's Peel's birthday, which I'm very excited for next week. <laughs> and, of course, Peel, your birthday will be the return of you to competitive thrones, all being well. I'm going to play my Greyjoy deck. Yeah? Mm. Okay. I don't think it's going to work in any way, shape, or form, but I'm going to play it, because well, then yeah. I might have much and more. Well, I won't have much and more, but when I do have much and more, I'll have something to put it in. <laughs> yeah, so it's Greyjoy Rose you built, wasn't it? Yep, Greyjoy Rose uh, with a couple of knights thrown in, but now there's uh, been a few more knights come along. It is going to get a bit better, but I'm not sure if they're going to be out before this tournament. No, the knights are out. Are they? No. Oh. Yeah. Then they might be in the deck before this tournament. Greyjoy Rose has been doing a, a good number in SoCal. We've uh, we've got a guy named John Barber who's got a really really smash mouth rush deck out of Greyjoy Rose, and it it's making like top four and top two everywhere he goes. So there, there might be something there, Peel. Don't. I just, just want to start to buy much more. Don't you worry about that. Um, <laughs> All right, that's, that's the only thing. <laughs> yeah, that's literally it. Um, like, I've got I'd to play Greyjoy, and I, I have to play, play Greyjoy. Yeah. So you've married your your two desires there. That's perfect. I have. Yeah, I've got roses and fish. And what <laughs> man doesn't want roses and fish? <laughs> <laughs> Valentine's on the beach. Okay. Um, so yeah. So moving on to. Our main topic for today, First Snow of Winter, is coming back. Um, do you want to talk us through First Snow of Winter, Ryan? Obviously, you're, you're a bit more au fait with it, as you know the guy on the card. You're probably I, I a, do. Bit, a bit uh, familiar with it. Yeah, this is John Bruno's first World Championship card, and uh, it's seen a, a lot of iterations. This is its third iteration that released in the CCG, came back in the LCG, and is making its third appearance in just a couple weeks here with the next pack. Um, I'll read the card just to give us a, a base for anyone that's not looking at, at it. It's called The First Snow of Winter. It has three gold, five initiative, one claim, and six reserve. It has the omen and winter traits, and has the forced reaction. After the challenge phase begins, return each character with printing cost three or lower to its owner's hand. Plot deck limit one, thankfully. Uh, so... All the weenies 
are now not so safe. All that claim soak that you were you were hoping to use to protect your big guys are are going away. Uh, I do think that this is going to end up being in in either it's either in every deck or if you're not running it, you need a to to know why you're not running it and have an answer for when the other person plays it. So I, I'm I'm going to call this one uh, a pretty meta changing card as it's always been in the past it it was made with the intent of slowing down the weenie rush during the ccg era um it definitely had a huge impact on the lcg era and uh i don't i don't see that changing with its third iteration here there are going to be situations where new people are going to just get destroyed by this and then they will immediately go to the agot group or the uh card game db and, and rant so they may not i don't think people are seeing it coming the way that it's actually going to end up being impactful, but that this this may have a bigger impact than than Valor coming back will. Like Valor's tough. It, we'll call this like one B. Valor's the 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 big shakeup, but I don't think people understand how close this is to what Valor's going to be when think, it comes back. I think you're right because anyone who has played with this has the Valor was in the environment as well. But the fact that this is just coming in from almost, you know, empty, there's no reset yeah. that quite, like, there's no good plot reset. It's, uh... No, and this is it. This is the one. Yeah, it's it's going to be pretty intense. I'm going to thoroughly enjoy playing it. No, it is, uh... It's a pretty great card. I've always had fun playing it in the LCG. Um, my favourite deck of all time was Martel Hollow Hill, and that ran it. And I had a lot of success with, uh... Targaryen Hollow Hill towards the end of the LCG, and obviously that that ran it as well. Um, you were talking before the show about a particular interaction uh, with Rule by Decree. If you want to, do you want to cover that? Sure. Well, those two decks you mentioned, uh, I don't know if you were also running Rule by Decree in those uh, Hollow Hill decks, but I it... was in Targaryen. Yeah. Um, so the idea behind it with that agenda was since you didn't have a setup, um, you weren't often the, the lower-cost characters are the ones that get set up. So in order to mitigate the drawback of that agenda, you could potentially open with or play second plot for Snow, have all the extra gold and card advantage that your opponent got by having a set up back to their hand, and then on the next plot phase, play Rule by Decree, which said the player with the largest hand discards down to four. The nice thing about 2.0 is that that mechanic of having to discard down to a set number of cards is built into every single plot. So I, I, I think that that, uh, that momentum slash card advantage play is, is even easier for, for more decks to uh, get off in 2.0. Someone floods the board, either on, on setup in first turn or somewhere in the, the middle. Instead of wildfiring, you just play for snow, keep all your high-cost characters out, and... Uh, they maybe get back to eight or nine cards during a taxation, and they have to drop a couple of them down for reserve. Essentially, in some situations, giving you a two, three, or four claim intrigue challenge out of it just by making them balloon their hand size up before uh, taxation. Yeah, and of course the the timing of the uh, the plot is very important. The fact that unlike Wildfire, you can't replay your chuds before before the military challenges come so yeah it, it, it will Definitely. encourage duplicates and, uh, and bodyguards and things and yeah I, I think uh, uh, duplicates are pretty pretty common um, 
bodyguards. I, I, I catch some flack around here for running a lot of bodyguards. 2.0 is just so brutal. Like, there's so many things that kill characters. I, I love having bodyguards around. On top of the fact that they set up well, as long as your deck is chock full of lords and ladies, which most of mine usually are. Uh, I think most non bodyguard watch deck is going to see a big. Yeah, I know. There's not there's not a whole lot else at the moment. Someday there will be a army decks and and strange house dane non lord and lady decks, but for now we're we're kind of stuck with them. Okay. Um. Yeah. So just a little bit more on how it used to play in first edition. Obviously, it, uh, it helped mitigate the setup, but you could also use it to um, press home an advantage with good characters that you had. Um, in my Martel deck, I used to open with, or try and mulligan for a card called uh, the Flea Bottom Scavenger, where when you played them, it was a two-cost character, you drew three cards if you have no um, power on your house. And so often I would play them first turn, along with some economy, or a house messenger, which is like a a green blood trader is now, um, get a load of cards, and then deliberately in, uh, initiate a challenge and return all the two cost characters to hand, um, so I could draw again next turn, and just abuse yeah, those weenies I, that got you extra cards. I think that may be harder to pull off with reserve now, because you sure. could end up with 10 or 12 cards in your hand by second turn just by doing that. Uh, doesn't doesn't seem very reasonable these days to, to be going into taxation with 12 cards. No. I'm sure there will be decks eventually that focus on at building up your reserve, Iron Throne, and, and whatever else comes out, but uh, I don't don't know that we're there yet for that type of play. But, I mean, there, there must be some second edition cards that you'd really like to be able to play again for their win comes into play effect. Uh, Queen's Assassin comes to mind, even though it's a bit expensive. Oh. Yeah, that that's a particularly good one, and obviously it's got ambush, so uh, you can put it in. So yeah, it uh, already fits in... well in, into the idea of first now. Yeah, and obviously they now have more cards in hand. Well, they might have more cards in hand because you just return them all to hand. So um, when you do bring it out, you might actually be able to trigger it quite quite easily. Um, yeah, it actually needs you to have more cards in hand, right? Is that right? Yes. Sorry. Yeah, you need to have more cards. Yeah. In hand. So it. Yeah, well, there may be some yeah. anti-synergy there. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, my bad. The uh, There's a Lenna's, a Lenna's Informant, which, uh, I mean, we'll go into each house in detail. But yeah, that'd be a great, good, great uh, thing if you can afford it. Yeah. Especially on a first snow winter turn, where the, the military chuds are gone. All that, that claim soak is gone. Yeah. yeah, go first, or play play Banner Rose, or even Main Tyrell. Play first snow. And get a two extra military challenges out of it once all the claims soak is gone. That that seems like a, a great use of first snow. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other use in first edition, I saw a lot in um, uh, our friend Vince used to play uh, Greyjoy aloof towards the end of first edition, and that was a deck that was focused on making it winter to choke your opponent's gold and running a lot of high cost characters which were reduced by the agenda. And so he would play, you know. Uh, three or four or five three plus characters um, and then flip first snow to get rid of your cha uh, claim soak and then start hammering you with the two claim and you, you're choked so you can't play out as many characters anymore that kind of thing so he would use it as a kind of um, a mini valor in addition to his valor to kind of just uh, clear away your claim soak so he can start hitting your big characters which was interesting yeah that's that's the scary thing about this is if, if and when valor comes back 
uh, you'll be able to play both. Yeah. Even though they fill uh, a similar role. I know your your proclivity for uh, high reset decks will will be sated with that. Yes, I, I can't wait to start running this and Wildfire and Varus in one deck and see what happens. And Heads on Spikes <sighs> as well. Oh, oh, yeah, there, there is good synergy with this and Heads on yeah. Spikes. You can do that quite gladly. And, uh, oh, what else is there? Um, there must be something else that's going to piss them off as well. Run a few... Um, <laughs> um, I, think I think you can... If once you've used this, you can probably hit with naval superiority quite easily as well. Yeah, I think oh, it's definitely. Pr- it's pretty likely that they'll play uh, a high gold plot of some description after you've used first snow of winter. Yeah, so, and that that'll lock things down pretty well for you. Yeah, especially if you've been able to capitalize on the first snow turn. Um, effectively. Right, clear their bigger guys with military claim and prevent them from reflooding. Yeah, that. I don't like the sound of that as the opponent, but I'll enjoy doing it myself. Yes, me too. <laughs> okay, so um, have we got any more general thoughts, or should we move on and uh, talk about each house in turn? I hate that kind well, of bit, so... I'm you hate There's turn. one... Because <laughs> it always used to screw me over, Dave, because I always have to low weenie chuds on the board at all times. My yeah. tactic was flood the board with weenie chuds, and then they'd all appear in my hand again, and it was like, oh. Yeah. Well, in, in the LCG, oh, they do hit wex, <laughs> sexy wexy. Exactly. So here's here's an interesting thing uh, that's that's a big difference from the previous versions. It was only one initiative in the LCG, and I I believe the CCG as well. It's now a whopping five initiative. So the the drawback was always that while it you know up to the stakes of having no claim soak, you would have to generate early go second and, and eat those heavy military claims first. Now with First Snow at five initiative, I, I think there's a good chance that, that you end up getting initiative and, and going first to keep the pressure on. I, I think this may be a better version than it was in the LCG. I think so. For that reason alone. But, I mean, that helps. And then also um, the fact that there is no Valor obviously increases the value of this plot as well. So I, I think you're right. I think it's a lot stronger than it was in first edition. And it was already one of those cards that I considered for almost every single plot deck. You know, I always thought, well, can I fit first snow in here? Do I have the character base, the saves, you know, the the, the military aggro to sustain it if I'm not playing yeah. like a hard control deck? Um, There's only 10 plot cards that can beat it. Yeah, I was in, just looking uh, at those as well. And how many of them see regular play? Uh, March to the War. Uh, they were pretty bloody good, to be fair. you got Rise of the Kraken in there, Wildfire Assault, um, see Nagel, yeah. Heads, Calling the Banners, it, Tawny for the King. Clash of Kings, see some uh, play. Mm. Yeah, Turning the King is hot right now. If they play, uh, I mean, Naval Superiority, just as one example. If they play that on my first Never Winter turn, I don't care. Because <laughs> they, they've right. got two gold, they're not going to be playing anyone expensive. Um... They can go first if they want. Yeah, really. they will not impact their character board. No. Whereas, yeah, first snow's big drawback, of course, is that you need at least one more economy location or card uh, to be able to play out something to improve your board state. Because if you flip this and can't play another character, you might be a bit stuck if you don't have some duplicates or something. Yeah, so that is another then. drawback. 
previously had just the right amount of gold, one above the uh, the effect. Yeah. And this one has the same amount of gold as the effect, which means you're right. The, but I mean, how often do you not, not have at least one one extra gold or reducer around? I, and obviously, yeah. I don't think I don't think you play this if you don't. So it's True. not the biggest hit in the world to me. Like if in the in a vacuum, it it appears bad for that reason that you can't possibly impact your board. But I think in practice, it's going to be uh, you know you play it, you play your four cost draw higher character and then you pass like that'll that'll be your first no turn most times yeah i think you're right i think you're right um and of course it's got fantastic synergy with the king's road because that extra bit of initiative you know just puts you out of contention of things like confiscation uh just that little bit extra initiative is useful and obviously if you can play a six or seven cost character on a on a first snow turn then you're absolutely laughing no yeah, yeah king king's road is great maybe people will start playing king's roads dave yeah, well, yeah, yeah, okay. Maybe that was a bit redundant. <laughs> Fuck you, Ryan. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's the big resurgence of King Roads. Um, yeah, okay. March yeah. 2016. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so shall we uh, talk about each house in turn? And see sure. What we reckon. Um, alphabetical seems pretty logical. What do you think about Baratheon? Well, that Neil sure helps. Oh yeah. You can you can see it coming. Uh, what what's going to be the real threat on this high stakes turn? And I, I keep saying that the, the phrase a high stakes turn. It I I love it. I love that it makes that challenge phase incredibly tense. The uh, you know the game's kind of on the line when you play this card. Um, so being able to mitigate the biggest threat with with something like uh, Melisandre is, is just great. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think Barra have a number of uh, a number of awesome cards that play into this. They've got the Fiery Followers, which you can reuse with this. Um, right. Which is good. The the benefit of getting a Relore card back in your hands. Kind of kind of that same thing that you talked about with your Martell deck from first yeah. edition of wanting wanting another use of a card. So having it go back to hand doesn't feel as bad. I still probably rather have the board position. If I was defending, but you know, most people are loath to return a uh, Relore card back to your hand with Melisandre out. It's true, yeah. Um, they've also got uh, Davos, who is you know, as four costers go, you don't really mind him dying. So you know, the, sure. the more copies of him and the stealth to push through uh, whatever you're trying to do on that turn. That stealth is going to be great when there's less people on the board. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So uh, he's pretty much the idea. All those great Joe players now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he might be the uh, the perfect first snow candidate for dying and for impact. Yeah, that's I hadn't thought of that. Davos being finding his niche, I think. Yes, because not he, that he was awful. But... No, I mean I've been playing you know one one copy of him pretty much or two copies yeah. in all my Baradex, but I think he he jumps jumps in value quite a lot with this. Um, Absolutely, which is good. Uh, and the other thing about Barrow is that in their um, in their fealty builds, they tend to run lots of duplicates and obviously of their high cost characters. But you also tend to see quite a lot of bodyguards in Barra. Yeah. I don't know whether that's just me or whether no, I think you that's can see a that as well. Thing. Um, and obviously, although that, yeah, uh, the tears vulnerability I think is what you know predicates the the bodyguard use. Yeah, I think, and I think yeah, it's better than giving them little birds. It's a bit more versatile. I, I personally do both, but 
That's, I got a weird deck. Oh, fair enough. Well, uh, yeah, but the, obviously the bodyguards allow your uh, characters to not worry quite so much about this. So I think Barra is going to... I don't know whether you'd play it in Barra, but it's, certainly, it's got resilience, yeah, which is nice. Okay. Uh, and the new uh, event, uh, in the name of the king, that shuts down a military challenge. Yeah. That uh, that has, uh, you know, the LCG card burning on the sands. It draws a lot of comparisons to that. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that one, Dave, but it uh, cancels any challenge. Um, I have played so burning. Being, able, being able to do that, uh, <laughs> yeah, being able to do that on on this high stakes turn, I think is uh, is a a great play. Even if it means you giving up your military back, like I don't know that every situation you're going to want to do it. Sometimes you may just kill Davos for claim to be able to hit someone back with a military. But you know, in those clutch moments when you just can't afford, you don't have your bodyguards, you don't have any dupes. Uh, that event, I think, will will do a lot for your game. Okay, sure. Uh, so that's Bower, I think. Um, ours is the Fury. Allows you to, uh, if you're going first, you can attack and then, you know, well, Ours of the Fury is good anyway, but yeah. it's particularly useful when you've got such a small board from first snow. So Absolutely. Nice. Anything that lets you use a character more than once when you only have a couple out is uh, going to find an extra value. Yeah, I hear Seal of the Hand's a pretty good card. Um, sure, sure. <laughs> okay. Um, Peel, do you want to, well, what do you reckon, how are Greyjoy going to deal with... Uh, first snow of winter do you think it's good bad middling middling uh it's not going to do a huge amount of damage to him i'm just counting the number of chuds that all the houses have uh so Baratheon would have about nine chuds of their own house obviously uh Greyjoy are only going to have seven so i mean that's only okay. seven of their cards but that's alanis in there and alanis is good i don't think you really want to get rid of her like or and also <laughs> I kind of like her. She's fun. Oh, do you? Okay. I think, yeah. I think she's she has like some, some good synergy with the Race in the Midst plot coming out. Is going to be really gross. So I think she's going to get a big bump from that. I think she's good because she's an intrigue icon. Yeah. Uh, Fair enough. Is... <laughs> so I've been one of in my Greyjoy decks. I do like an air on Damper, but no, there's not a huge amount of chuds at the moment for Greyjoy. They're not really going to suffer too much. They, they're... Most of their characters cost about four off the top of my head, so I think they'll be fine. It's going to be fun. And obviously, Greyjoy love playing. So you play that, and then you get rid of, obviously, all the weenies, and then you uh, hit him the next turn with the crackers, just to finish him <laughs> off. Bury them in the sand. Yeah, so would you play First Snow of Winter in your Greyjoy decks? I'd play anything that gets rid of the cards, Dave, in my Greyjoy deck. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is a uh, you know, pseudo-high-claim plot, as Ryan pointed out earlier. Um, you play it if you've got Balon, you're probably pushing through that military challenge. Um, yeah, you wanna... You've probably got the gold for put to the sword. Hopefully, anyway. Um, if you're winning, obviously, it's one of those that is kind of like when you want to get it so it is, like you said, it's just a battle of the the beasts kind of card. You play it when you just, you know you've got the better biggies on the board. You know you've got your Tyrion or your Balon or any of your big Titan cards. You'll flip that and be like, ha ha ha. Now I'm going to do some damage <laughs> in that exact voice. Um, yeah, and it would just be that—that that would be the result, and that's what it's for because it's always been the same. Okay. I never used to like it in first edition because it did used to fuck me over. 
Um, yeah. But now the gold curves are a bit more smoothed out in all houses yeah, play the... from all slots. Then it's not quite so bad. It doesn't hit, well, Greyjoy as bad as it used to. No, but, I mean, it I will mean, in the future. You've also got, well, only if they get you know significantly more low-cost chuds than other houses do, which I don't think is necessarily going to be true. Greyjoy always had a very low curve in 1st edition, because they're they didn't have that many awesome four-costers, or five-costers. Um, and they had a lot of efficient chuds. So a lot of their, you know, swag slots were on locations instead, but I'm not I'm not sure that that's going to happen in second edition. I think they'll be more even with the curve. Yeah, it doesn't appear to be going that way. Yeah, so I, I think... As long as they don't print uh, the... What was the one one cost four strength? The distinguished uh, boson. Yeah, the boson. That's it. That grossest card ever. Yeah, one for one four was. One cost for a bicon four strength. <laughs> hey, just play shadows. It's fine. Um, yeah, that's it. And obviously, uh, Greyjoy have um, saves to mitigate first snow as well. I mean, saves. they don't work on first snow itself, but they do. Um, they do help you out with the incoming military claim. Which is important. Yeah, Greyjoy, Greyjoy looks real set up for this. Um, and of course, they love small boards for their stealth. Like, the, the enemy of stealth is a big bull. Yeah, so I think if you... If I think you, there's a lot of a lot of positive things there. Yeah, I think you can you can play it in Greyjoy, and if you think it's coming up, and you can time your uh, Rise of the Kraken against it, then you're laughing. It's like, I'll go first with two claim. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Lannister. I think uh, Lannister are going to be pretty good as well. They've uh, So far, we've been very positive about all houses with First Snow. I, I, I don't think it's going to be... All... A, I'm, I'm going to be honest, Dave. I don't think it's a bad card, is it? Let's be honest. No, no, but... It's, 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 <laughs> so it's going to be it's good in most things to. at this point. Um, obviously, Ooh, Lannister you... can capitalise on it. The fact that they've got Chuds with Ambush, which is amazing. Um, yeah, the Ambush, I think, is where the conversation begins and ends that it, if, you're, if you have small guys coming back to your hand if you can just play them right back out you've mitigated the, the drawback of it yeah which is just amazing bird men gold cloaks gold cloaks don't actually return but I don't often see them in play anyway although if, if you really felt like you could see it coming you could drop your four cost gold cloak <laughs> yeah if needs be yeah as you say the queen's assassin had um, Probably has some anti synergy, but it doesn't see Superman play anyway. Um, yeah, you've uh, you discussed it briefly earlier, but um, Lucas Sidlaski's deck. How do you think that will? Uh, did you want to go over that quickly and how that would synergize with First Snow? Sure, that's the uh, Lannister lines of the Crossing deck. It it has three Never Bet Against My Family, which which brings characters into play during the challenges phase. It has three Hear Me Roar, which brings characters into play during the challenge phase. Uh, I think that's sort of just in the same line as Ambush. It's, it's kind of like fake Ambush using those events. Um, so m- more bodies on the board during that turn means more options, and, and it becomes less of a high-stakes plot for you and keeps keeps that sort of pressure on the opponent since they're not or potentially not using those sneaky tactics for getting pl- uh, characters on the board. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, that deck's already a, a pretty good deck, but 
First Snow is it's it's going to be one of the best decks with First Snow. It does run three Picels, uh, and that, I believe you can use dupes for for First Snow. Is that right? Yeah, you can if you've duped a low cost character. Doesn't say can be said. Yeah. Yeah, you can still save them. Yeah, so I think it's got multiple ticklers. Like it, even it's even though it's very unique heavy, uh, um, even its lower cost uniques could potentially have dupes. Um, but yeah, it. I, I've always liked, uh, even in the LCG, the Jamie that doesn't deal to attack on this mm-hmm. turn, that if you can go first, it gives you the chance to put the pressure on and not give up your military defense, which is the most important one on this turn. I think Jamie just being great is going to be uh, great for this card. Yeah, so once again, something that helps Lannister. Good to hear yep. it. <laughs> not that we're bitter. Um no. Okay. So, Peter, what do you reckon about Martell? Do you have any thoughts on Martell other than that you hate them? Well, I do hate them. No, I, I don't, to be honest. Um, Martell, I reckon, are going to love this because Martell love anything that puts the other player in a position of stress uh, because Martell <laughs> is quite... No, you know what I mean. Martell's a fun house you play to kind of manipulate the board a little bit more. It's like a control deck. It's never all-out attack. It's never all-out defense. It's kind of makes you either attack Martell lots and subsequently lose, or takes away your icons and makes you cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this will be lovely and fun when you're taking away the charts, taking away the icons, and then attacking them with life. Yeah. Um, obviously, there are some great come-into-play effects in Martell. There's Ario Hotar, yeah, Ario. who yeah. is both returned by this, and if you can put him into play on this turn... You know, you negate their military challenge essentially, which is fantastic. Um, they've got the Green Blood Trader for card advantage, although you have to watch for the reserve. Uh, but if you play this at the right time, then it's not an issue. Uh, Ariane, you can use for you know a challenge, and then use it to put a Chud into play, so you don't actually lose anyone important. Or if you've just drawn it for whatever reason, you can use it to put a duplicate into play, and she doesn't leave play, which is always nice. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and obviously Demaria, you know, don't don't, for, don't sleep on Demaria. No, I, I hear she's a good card. Um, yeah, and I, even I better when the board is small. Yes, if you can just uh, yeah, just have that one military icon you have, jobs are good. So um, I I've yeah, been looking I think Martel's gonna to, thrive. I've been looking forward to playing with First Nerve Winter, and a lot of that is obviously I think it'll be good with Martel. Um, maybe I'll banner to the sun for some ambush. Get some extra use out of that. I don't know. We'll see. To, to Peel's point, we're halfway through the houses, and we've been very positive on all four of them. Is there is there a chance that there's not a house that uh, doesn't want to use this? I think we're about to get to it, aren't we? I think there might be one, but, uh, <laughs> I, but yeah, we'll, we'll see if it comes up. <laughs> okay. Uh, so what do you think tonight's watch? <laughs> yeah, that's going to be rough. Um, they've got the uh, the ranging party, which is a real nice four cost character for this. Uh, mm-hmm. But the strength alone isn't isn't gonna save you when almost all your characters just come flying back to hand. You don't get to use your messenger ravens in dominance. You don't get to use uh, Aemon to mitigate that that high stress military challenge. No draw with Sam. I, Yorin, it, it's cool to get Yorin back in your hand, 
but it's going to return whatever you stole with Yorin to your opponent's hand. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think the current Night's Watch build is not going to run this and going to have to find serious alterations to be able to handle this. The uh, double march, three Yorin, three Varus kind of module is, is going to get hurt by this. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, and obviously, I think the wall decks are going to be hurt as well. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. So all the all the Night's Watch decks will all disintegrate. Hey, what about Jon Snow decks? He needs people to initiate the challenge, right? Like <laughs> he does. All, all his buddies are going to leave him out there in the cold, and then he'll end up dying. <sighs> That's such a shame. Yeah. No, this, so, this is not. This is a grim, grim chapter pack for the Night's Watch. So you'd think that the first snow of winter would be okay for Night's Watch. <laughs> Yeah, but Night's Watch aren't really doing that great in the books, are they, though, at this point in time? No, they're kind they're of not really. Not, they're having a bad day, really. Yeah. No, you know, I, I think they early on were were panned a little bit, but at least in uh, in California, they're they're on a they're on a good kick. The uh, the Night's Watch one that, that Dennis Harrison has been playing and, and has been streaming is is fun. Uh, what it's very that? choky. That's the uh, Night's Watch Kraken with oh right yeah, uh, Dampair, Asha, Theon, and then the the March Yorin, Varus, Naval Superiority. It's not it's not a fun deck to play against because you don't get to do anything you want to do. Uh, <laughs> in my experience, there's not a lot of fun, fun to be had there. Uh, but you know the the Night's Watch took I think uh, third in my my local tournament in which we had equal teams of. Uh, Four players for each house, so 32 people on eight different teams. And of all of all the houses, Night's Watch, Night's Watch took third and put someone in the top four. So I think I think there's, there's they're not as bad as people think they are. I'll say, but oh, now they are. Now that for snows out, now they are really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely. They agree almost had a with chance. So what does Night's Watch need to stop? First snow stuffing them. More expensive characters from the looks of it. Yeah, well, playable, more expensive. Quality, yeah, <laughs> yeah, quality ones. They have expensive characters. Maybe they just need just nothing decent. Zero maybe. cost reducer for their in-house characters, which they don't have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they had a playable six or seven cost character, they might be a bit better off. Yeah, it'd be closer. They so here's the other thing: they can lean heavily on, on a banner more so than a lot of them are. For, for support in this way, like, First Snow of Winter is only one turn per game, mostly. I mean, sometimes eighth plot, but if you if you have enough support from your banner, like, if you were Banner Lion, and we talked about all the, th the reasons why Banner Lion is so great with it, or Lion itself, um, then maybe you just say, I'll be a little behind the eight ball on, uh, on the First Snow turn, but I'm still going to have my way for the other six plots. Yeah, that's true. I just, it's, you know, but, the, the style of Night's Watch deck that I see most is the wall, and this just stuffs them so badly, no matter what ha what banner they've got. It just yeah, seems, it, it may mean more of a, a shift towards the uh, the discard package than mm. it can survive a turn of uh, first snow and still do their, their game. The wall, like you're saying, I don't know that they survive that, that one turn. But hey, hopefully what every deck won't play this, right? You know, there'll be some decks. I don't know, man. We're, we're four <laughs> or five on houses that 
really want to play it. <laughs> hey, we said that Barra, you know, might not want to play it, but really doesn't care if it. you do. <laughs> I'm playing it in Barra. Sure, I'm okay. I'm definitely going to play it in Barra. <laughs> okay, so four of five houses so far, love it. Um, Peel, you got any thoughts on the Starks? Starks are going to love it, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are, aren't they? Come on. Everybody <laughs> tiptoeing around it. The Starks are going to have loads of fun with this. It's like, yes, look at... All right, that's fine. We've got a lovely big new army coming out as well in the same box, appropriately. They're getting no, nothing No, no, it's boost. not in the same box. Uh, their army comes out in the start. This isn't in the start box. This is the next uh, chapter pack. So we've got to wait another couple of weeks for the army. All oh, right, the so box it's going to be a is coming along right after this pack, though. Isn't that the expectation? Yeah, early April, I think, is what what I'm hearing. Right. Yeah. So, so, so not yet. Yeah. Too far off field. Don't let Don't let Dave yell at you. <laughs> Either way, they're going to fuck shit up. Okay. Yes, no doubt. They. Yeah. So we just talked about how Night's Watch doesn't have any quality, high cost characters. Uh, Stark is overflowing with them, and especially after the box, I, I don't think I don't think there's any way that Stark's not going to run this with their military dominance. Like if we if we discuss that the military challenge is by far the most important on this turn, yeah. the house that probably handles military the best, it just follows that they would they'd be happy to have this. I mean, they lose a, a few quality. Well, they lose basically uh, a third of the well half the children. Um, <laughs> But Arya comes to play duped, and you can save her with a dupe uh, from this. So don't count Arya. Call call her a four cost for this, uh, this yeah. discussion. Call her a four for this discussion. Yeah, even mm, <laughs> we've still got Bran going and Lewin, but yeah, no, fair enough. If if she can save herself, but at the same time, I I swear, when you bounce a card back to your hand, I thought the dupes duels weren't counted because it's not a saving. No, the dupe, no, dupe saves from it leaving play, and it, it, I believe at least this was the LCG thing that a dupe would prevent a card from leaving play. That's why you could save from uh, cold hands with a dupe. Yeah, cold hands said move from game, but it was leaving. It was leaving play, so a dupe was fair game. Yeah, unlike most saves, the dupe is any leaves play effect as long dupe as it doesn't say cannot be saved. Yes, so we're fine on that. Um. So, yeah. It's also a winter plot. Is oh, there, yeah. uh, that, that's a new thing, a spicy new thing. I, I don't know enough about what that what that implies, but it, I think Stark is good with winter, and it's a winter plot. So I, I, that alone makes me think that Stark is going to already be running it if, if they're just looking for more winter plots. Um, the location stops someone from triggering things if they don't have a winter plot, I think. Uh, yeah, that was Winterfell, wasn't it? Yeah. Which seems yeah, so expensive, if that, but... If that ends up great, it's very expensive. Doesn't it come with an inherent strength boost as well, though, for everybody? Uh, I think it does, yeah. I think it's plus one, like the wall. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not super excited about that, but if it, if, if the winter synergy ends up being vital, I think, for Snow, is a no-brainer for Stark. Definitely, yeah. That's just an extra bonus, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, Five for six. This is this is worrying. Um, does it does it make the wolf's wood better? Is that playable now? Ooh, to get, is that stealth for all your direwolves? No, that's what it was in first edition. It's now ambush for oh. your direwolves. Oh, ambush! Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because direwolves are good now, aren't that's they? That's exciting. Sure, and it, 
that's cool. Um, so I think it may almost become... I'm not sure if it becomes playable. I, I think it's worth re- reconsidering. Because it's direwolf cards as well, so you can ambush in Lady or when we get a Nymeria. Um, yeah, the, the bigger honestly, the pool gets, the better that card gets. Yeah, Summer's pretty useful. Um, even just, uh, yeah, Lady to help you with the... Um, winning the military challenge on defence, or uh, a direwolf pup for, for claim. That gets... So yeah, maybe the wolf's wood uh, is playable. Great. Maybe we were all wrong. Been, <laughs> you know, we've been wrong about most cards, so that wouldn't be surprising. Okay. So that's Stark. Uh, they're good. Military's good. Uh, what do you think to Targ? Well, all those dragons are three costs, aren't they? They are, yeah. But you also run three of them, so they're all going to be duped up, so Targ doesn't care. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I think happens. Like, yes, the, the dragons are vulnerable, but no, yes, they're all going to be duped up anyway, so. Yeah, I think uh, And also, Jacaris, you know, it wasn't hurting for power level, but on, on this turn, specifically, it gets much better to be able to stuff a challenge or push one through and take away a great character. Definitely. Um, if the cards fall in your favour and you get the duped dragons, first snow is fine. If you don't get your dragon dupes, it's going to hurt a lot. Because yes. they do run a lot of low-cost characters, don't they? Um, and yeah, Carl Drogo and Daenerys are really the only ones that are consistently safe. Because I haven't seen yeah, that what's much the Unsullied. Yeah, forecast Unsullied? Mm. I'm not sure if that sees a bunch of play, but um, maybe now that, it, that it's the cheapest. Uh, the, yeah. the forecast spot is going to end up being big. For, for several reasons, but, but I think First Snow is the primary one. Yeah, well, I mean, Unsullied are better now anyway because of uh, Blood of the Dragon. That's oh. Come out. Or, yeah. Is it in this pack? Is that well. in this pack too? I it think is, yeah. Pack. Oh, God. We didn't even talk about that. So all, all the Chuds are going away now. Like, yeah. It is, it is definitely focused on the main characters, which I think was a, a stated hope of the of the reboot to have more focus on the big characters yeah I think uh, Nate said that when he when he announced it didn't he um yeah. even the poor merchant prince goes is he three cost <laughs> mm. yeah oh. you get He's your attachment gone, back at least yeah and, mm. so Jorah's right. gone as well getting Jorah back is a positive I think um oh yeah that could work in your favour yeah um so there's, there's a positive in the same way that the Greenblood uh, Trader is a positive for getting the character back. Yeah, th- this may be a house that can potentially survive it, but wouldn't actively run it. Um, there's also the event that brings a, a hatchling back into play from the dead pile. Mm-hmm. That could be a, a fun, sneaky thing. We talked about uh, characters coming into the play after the, ch- the phase begins being sort of the key to extra options. Yeah, there's also Dothraki C. You know, sacrifice after you win a power challenge to put Dothraki character into play from your hand, and then return yeah. it to your hand at the end of the phase, which does become a bit better with this. With first snow, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean it's still terrible. That, they're still terrible. Uh, they're getting blood magic ritual, so save. 
Miriam Osdor is going to destroy this plot. Like, if you can have her out and then play it, there's a real good chance that you're going to win that, that challenge attacking alone and then take out their best guy before they can hit back. Although, gosh, she's seven cost. And not a load. She's a load. Yeah, yeah, a seven cost non-lord lady. So, you think that, you know, a generic Targ deck wouldn't run this. What about the, uh, you know, the Buddy Cop Smash Bros deck where you banner to the Lion to get Drogo and Jamie online? Would that I play it? To it, remove all the claim soak? Auto-include, yeah. Yeah. I really do think that that's probably uh, the, the perfect home for this as far as Targ's concerned. Yeah. Because obviously, yeah, you're getting multiple military challenges, um, and the curve is quite high in that deck anyway. So yeah. you, you know, after a couple of turns, it's a good mid mid game mm. tempo push. Yeah, I think I think it slots in there. That deck didn't need to be better, but here it goes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not not the most fun deck to play against either. No, I I'm not a massive fan of it at the moment simply because. It either goes off and you just win, or you don't. There's not it's that much subtlety lack to it. Lack of important decisions. Yeah. That's just... that's my the bane of my existence or my my happiness in Game of Thrones is things that win without making important decisions. <laughs> like yeah, it's just like I guess I'll decks, so. yeah, I guess I'll throw Jamie into this military challenge, and then again, and I've won. Yep. Yep. That'd be that. Okay. So, we've got one more house. Tyrell. How do they stack up with First Nerve Winter? (laughs) They don't like it. They don't like it. They don't like it, Dave. Why don't they like it? it? When it snows, snows, the roses die. Um, There's quite a few characters here who are, you know, not bad. They've got, uh, obviously, the Arbonite isn't anything special. We know that. But you've got your left. The amazing. Yeah, but he's... He's not unique, so if he dies, you know, you can have multiple ones of them. Yeah, he's you amazing. You hand. <laughs> yeah. Either way. But you're going to lose left and right. Um, yes, you're but... also going to lose Lomis and Marjorie. Well... Marjorie before you can trigger her, which is the important part. True. Yeah. In, um, in the LCG you, you version, you would have had a chance to trigger her before she left, because it didn't trigger until the first challenge was initiated. But since the new text says half of the challenge phase begins, uh, you won't even get any extra benefit out of Marjorie. So, if you're running left and right, they deserve to be returned to your hand anyway. So I don't really think that's a (laughs) a point against them, because they're seeing less and less play now that they're a viable neutral two-cost characters. Um, They're just bad peel. Just give it up. Um, Marjorie... I mean, I'm, it's very rare that you see her without a dupe anyway, I feel. She tends to hit the board and the dupe comes immediately. I, I mean, that's just an anecdotal experience, but, I, you know. Um, well, wasn't, <laughs> she that, run wasn't that the argument against the dragons, Dave? Like, True, it was. How come Marjorie is always duped, but the dragons aren't ever duped? Like, I don't know, it just happens that way, Ryan. It's just, she's always got a dupe, it's horrible. You could never yeah, remove her from the uh, board. Well, doesn't one of the new knights actually go search for a lady card, so... T- Tyrell has a better chance uh, to dupe. Oh, and Lady in Waiting ends but, up being a dupe. So you accidentally were right uh, that she is often protected more often than Dragon. I'm accidentally Dragon. right. I just know that I'm right. <laughs> Inherently, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she can have a bodyguard. So, so yeah. You could definitely keep Marjorie around quite a, quite often for this. Mm. 
between those two cards. Uh, yeah, I think it it boosts the value of the Queen of Thorns as well, because as we've said, you know, putting characters into play after the effect is good. Yep. So that's nice. Absolutely, she's great. Um, I played a little bit with her in the last few weeks, and she is she's better than I thought she was, but I don't think she's particularly great. But I think obviously she gets a lot better with this plot. Um, do they have the the military? I mean, Randall and the Night of Flowers are pretty good. They can probably block the military challenge with them, or at least uh, win some of your own. So the the forecast army is pretty beefy as well. If you're playing main house uh, Tyrell, the yes. Rose Wardens, Warden of the Reach. Wardens of the Reach, yeah, they can get real big real fast, um, and they're at that magical forecast slot like I I think I think they can survive it I, I don't know if there's a great way to take advantage of it besides Elena's informant which we already talked about and Queen of Thorns yeah I as think far as taking advantage of it but I think uh, if you can if you can set your board up correctly and then use first snow and abuse Elena's informant then you probably win but I think it. Yeah. I I don't think I'd run it in Tyrell at this point. I think their curve's just too low, yeah. and with all those uh, renowned knights that they've got at the moment, you know, giving all those two cost neutral characters renowned. That deck absolutely yeah. hates this. Yeah. So, mm. so. But but I mean, we we need to acknowledge that there's more than more than just a knights deck for Tyrell. Yeah, I guess. Um, so. I've got a a hyper editor deck out of Tyrell that's. It's okay. It's, it's fun. It can win. Um, it would it would potentially even run this itself. Um, the whole idea is just stacking up Eddard with everything, and then uh, Randall. So that it's, it's got a really high curve in that way. So it, I don't know. It's not good enough to actually consider this. What is there uh, to put on Eddard that makes it better? A little bird and lady. Lady and uh, Marjorie. I guess strength. So. And well, bodyguards. He usually ends up with five or six attachments on him, plus Marjorie. Uh, and then you run Serio to give him stealth. So it's basically just I'm gonna hang out and do my thing. But uh, <laughs> I like the idea. Of, uh, I'm, I'm looking looking forward to the day when there's more to put on him because I want to put like ten attachments on him. Yeah, there's not really enough fun attachments for Voltron decks yet. Like outside of the yeah. Night of Flowers, I don't think you can you can really bother. Um, but I do like the idea of using just the Knight of Flowers to attack and just Eddard to defend and winning all these challenges. Yeah. That sounds yeah. fun. You don't care how big the board is. It doesn't run any resets. It's like, fine, you can have 20 characters. It's probably not, not going to matter. <laughs> Brilliant. But like I said, it's, it's, it's a little janky. Yeah. Uh, so... But it, it would survive. It would survive this plot. Probably not run it specifically. Okay. So we're thinking Barra quite likes First Snow. Greyjoy likes yep. First Snow. Lanny loves First Snow. Martel loves First Snow. Night's Watch hates First Snow. Stark <laughs> likes First Snow. They do. Targ is indifferent to First Snow. Depending I think Targ is going to like First Snow except a lot for, Except for Buddy Cops wants to run it. Buddy Cops wants to run it. Um, and Tyrell probably doesn't really like it, but can deal with it. 
as well, I guess. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm glad we uh, found some variety there as far as house responses because it was looking grim at the beginning. <laughs> it was. So five love, one hate, two kind of works. Can work yeah. with it, but broadly speaking, like probably it. doesn't like it. Yeah, you know those numbers uh, indicate that it's gonna, it's definitely gonna be around, and it, every deck needs to at least consider it. You can't just be running all the cheap characters. Like, you need a way to keep a board without low cost claim soak, okay. which I think is a, a, a starting place for most decks. So your opponent is playing first nerve winter. How do you deal with it? Just table flip. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you know, a lot of the situations that we were describing for, uh, oh, this would be a perfect place to do it if you had these cards in this house. You know, it's a plot, so it's on demand, which means you don't you don't play it until it's a good situation. But there's going to be a lot of board positions where you don't want it, like you only have your low cost guys, and you just it's a dead plot essentially in your hand. So it, it, it's not just this. Oh, every single game I'm going to see first snow in the first three plots, like, it, I think it's it's going to be obvious the turns that it's going to come out, and uh, so what do you do? Uh, try and win initiative with yeah. high claim? Is that a thing? I don't think that's a thing. Rise of the Kraken is right. high initiative, high claim? Yeah, I think if you can time Rise of the Kraken against it, you're, you quids in, assuming you've got half a decent board. Um, yeah. I think if you can uh, call in the banners is probably a decent shout against it as well. Yeah, I think that's the more obviously being neutral like that. That was probably the play. Um, maybe unless you put out two higher cost characters to to mitigate the the drawback. If they're in your hand, though, you know that's yeah. a, an important part too. Yeah, obviously any any high gold plot can be pretty useful if you've got if you've got the characters to play. Um... Early game. Earlier in the game, your marshalling decisions should probably be leading you towards survival on a first snow turn. If you have the decision between one six-cost character and three two-cost characters, it may may seem better to, to sort of spread out with three two-cost characters, but it, I don't know. Like right now, I would play the, the, the three two-cost characters in most situations, but... After this pack drops, I think I'm I'm going for the big body. Yeah, I can agree with that. So we're going to see smaller boards, more impact, yep, which means higher stakes. Mm. Yeah, I like it. So deadly, you... deadly thrones. <laughs> so, uh, as you said, you said before we came on here, uh, if you see, call, if you think they're going to play first of winter, don't play a low reserve plot. You're just going to have a terrible, terrible time. That's right, because you should expect to have a, a nice mitt full of cards on the uh, during taxation after a first snow turn. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are there any really high impact, lower reserve cards that, that people are playing uh, that would get bitten by this? Um, Five seems like I'm trying to think of a four cost, four reserve card that sees a lot of play. I can only think of political disaster off the top of my head, and that doesn't see any play. They've got to be yeah. uh, supporting the faith. That's four. Uh, yeah, that's a that's not a terrible plot, plot to play against. This, you know, you've got the gold to play a decent sized character. It stops any ambush shenanigans. Uh, which reminds me, actually, Brothel Madam yeah, is really good. But even, but then uh, on a first snow turn, mm, forced reactions before 
Oh, the you're right. So she gone? No, you are right. Yeah, she's gone by she, the time. She's not forced, so she's gone already. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, Silly new that's a shame. She, she, it would be cool if she could trigger before she had to go away, but uh, she's, she's got other things to do, Dave. She's a she's a busy woman. <laughs> she's a woman about town. <laughs> Um, so just flicking through the plots, uh, Calm Over Westeros is obviously pretty useful. Um, sure. You can, you know, not use it first turn. Uh, Game of Thrones in the right deck is a great one. Um, Game of Thrones is a very interesting one. Yeah, obviously, if you can stop them doing their intrigue, then you can protect from the military, which is nice. Uh, Storm of Swords. If you've already got the board... Yeah, Storm of Swords. I like wins Storm of Swords as an answer, <laughs> but that means you'll have to be playing Storm of Swords in your deck. Yes. So you need to have a deck that that is already taking advantage of it most times. Yeah. Which I don't. Is I don't see a lot of Storm of Swords. I don't even see it in the uh, the Buddy Cop that that has a really good way to use it. You know, or yeah. that it's on theme rather. I think uh, I think three gold really really hurts it. Um, yeah. My brother again, was playing it a while, and then the... that just hurt too much. Just the three gold is why he dropped it. Yeah, essentially. It's like if you yeah. didn't, it was a win more plot. In most instances, you know, you had Definitely. to have the board, and then you played it, and then you win. Um, so that wasn't ideal. Uh, let's see. Anything else that's decent? Uh, filthy accusations for the same reason that. Um, you know, Neil is good because you can take out any particularly yeah. high threats that are already on the board. Um, Filthy is definitely a good play. Yeah, that's probably. And the four gold guarantees dropping at least the four cost character. Uh, so there's we, there's plenty of things here that mitigate it, but yeah, sneak yeah, attack. It's, it's <laughs> still going to be huge. Sneak sneak attack is wonderful. Yeah, if you that, are actually playing it. If a lot of people are running sneak attack, it, may, it might mean a little bit less for snow because of that fear. Yeah. So if you, I guess that that is a good a good point. If you are scared of first snow, run sneak attack, and that'll teach them a lesson. Yeah. Run two. Run oh, three. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Don't run three. Um, oh yeah. Uh, Reese and Josh uh, last weekend were playing uh, Martel Banter to the Watch, and they were running two sneak attacks in their deck. Um, it's really, really good. I mean, uh, on the White Book a couple of weeks ago, they were talking about how sneak attack is way overrated because you only get the one challenge. Um, and so you can't really leverage that two claim. But in Martel Watch, it's such an important plot because the five gold is really good to just, you know, shore up your board position. You want to go second, you know, 99 times out of 100. And you only care about the power challenge. Add that all together. Is that right? Yeah, and sneak attack is fantastic in that deck because you know I it's, it's a wall deck. Sneak attack so. with Sunspear. Yeah. Oh, okay, it's, it's a wall deck. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want three wall... challenges with a wall deck. No, exactly. Like you only ever make power challenges. I think Reese said in six games he made one military challenge and no intrigue challenges, <laughs> and he went wow four two. So. Oh my god. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> That's it's so fun to know that that, that can that can happen. It's were you really playing uh, Martel Watch at Worlds? I was, 2.0 yeah. tournament? I, I played at Worlds, yeah. You were, you were down near the bottom with me, I think. <laughs> we were we weren't sat next together at one point, yeah. I'm going to blame uh, the three days of drinking 
for that performance. Oh, yeah. There was <laughs> a lot of drinking. I actually ended up 5-2, I think, in that, but I went down first instead of up first, so oh, okay. that ends up. I think I went... I can't remember whether I went 3-5 or 4-4 four, four in the end. Did we do eight rounds or did we do seven rounds? Seven, seven rounds, I think. Okay, I think I went 3-4 three, three, then. Mm. I think, yeah. I lost to Laplante in the last round. So that would be 3-4. Still, Sneaky. yeah, I hadn't really appreciated the value of economy yet. Because obviously we got our core sets a lot later than a lot of people in the US. Oh yeah, so there was such a big changeover. Yeah, and I hadn't really got used to the, <laughs> like the new curve and stuff yet. So uh, that didn't help. And I just lost to Dracaris lots as well. <laughs> Wall decks do not like Dracaris. No, uh, not even a little bit. No, and I and I hadn't thought to run Hands Judgment at that point. But now that deck has been refined by Josh quite considerably, and it is a horrible, horrible thing to play against. Because, <laughs> you know, you've got to try and get past that wall, but there's also Gaston Grey to worry about. But you've got to throw your big guys <sighs> into those challenges. Um, and Nymeria is taking away the icons from your stealth characters. Yep. It's just, sounds, yeah. uh, sounds dirty. It is, it is. Okay, so uh, that's First Snow of Winter, I guess. I think that's pretty much covered. Yep, there's nothing more to talk about with that. No, Don't that... even try it other podcasts. <laughs> that is it, completely. Um, yeah. The, yeah. Book, the book is closed. <laughs> well, I got something to pimp. Um, yeah? If, if you have a PlayStation 4, check out the game Guns Up. It's free to play. It's a uh, side-scrolling strategy, sort of World War II-esque game, uh, where you build up your base and attack other people's base bases, and it's super fun, 100% free to play, and you'll help me out because I work on that game. Oh, really? And it was 100% free to play and, and super fun on the PlayStation 4. Okay, well, I'll download that this, after, uh, this evening and try and give that a go to Yeah. Guns yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's great. I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm proud of it. Uh, the team worked really hard on it. We, we launched back in uh, December, but um, it's a it's called a games as a service where it's like you're constantly updating the game with new things every week. So even if you played it before, there's a good chance that it's completely different now. Okay. So is it <laughs> the work never ends? <laughs> is it financed by what microtransactions or advertising or what? Uh, uh, yeah, we have uh, it has microtransactions in the game. Um, Customization things. There are uh, card packs that you can buy. With cards. Different kinds of power up stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's cards. Half the game is card based. I probably buried the lead there. Uh, <laughs> you have disposable attack cards when you're attacking. You have perk cards that you can upgrade your units with. Command cards to upgrade your defenses. It's a pretty deep uh, strategy game, so definitely okay. worth a look. See, it's got a, a fun art style too. It's a little bit like a Team Fortress. You're familiar with that. I love Team Four. A little bit cartoony, but but fun. Sure. It's like cell shaded, is it? Or? Uh, it's along those lines, but uh, it, it's definitely um, more realistic than like a, okay. a standard cell shaded game. It's worth a peek. Sure, sure. There we go. I made the episode longer. Good, good one. <laughs> uh, and I also have to remi- remind people that this weekend there are two tournaments that are are close to our hearts. There is the Stevenage Game Night Kit at Lost Ark Games which uh, Peel and I will be at, if we want to come and lose to us. Um, and then Craven wants us to pimp the Gamers Nexus in Rayleigh. They have a store championship on this Saturday. So go and lose to Craven if you
you fancy that? We didn't do a sign-off. You know Dehome is going to kill us. Oh, no, I'm done with sign-offs now. I didn't do a sign-off last week. No, you... no more sign-offs. Nope.